Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 235, episode three of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it's Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. I don't know. What, 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 like, today is... May 4th, Jack. Oh, yeah, Bro, I forgot. Happy birthday. Thanks. Is that... What? (laughs) May the 4th May be with you. Fourth. Oh, yeah. You too, man. <laughs> and also with you. Oh, yeah. His mercy right. endureth and forever. <laughs> his mercy endureth forever. Yeah, George Lucas. Handmade Tales lines really hitting different these Oof. days. My name is Jack yeah. O'Brien, a.k.a. Potatoes O'Brien, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Yes, Miles Gray, the Lord of Lancashire, a.k.a. Hideo Noho, just, uh, you, you know, having a front row seat to this shit show we call America. Mm-hmm. Hop in, mm-hmm. folks. We got some talking to do. Yup. Well, Miles, yeah. we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a hilarious and brilliant comedy writer and podcast yes. host who you know from his podcast, Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, producing and hosting 150 episodes of something called the Cracked Podcast, Hmm. creating the bison emoji, and from being a four-time Jeopardy champion, it's Alex motherfucking Schmidt! (laughs) What's up? Baby. Uh, always great to be back. Thank you, guys. Oh, man. Yeah. Always great to have you. (laughs) Good to see you. You know, we were telling our new producers, Becca and Trisha, before we started rolling, just like, you know, to avoid eye contact, you know, maybe turn off their Zoom (laughs) cameras because a diva 
Yeah, Don Rickles <laughs> coming through, and he uh, he comes in hot and takes no prisoners. And then you came in, and we were like, yeah. "Psych! It's the nicest person I've ever met." When your camera <laughs> turned on in the Zoom call, you're you were already in that ear to ear grin, and I was like, "Damn it! It's <laughs> a mystery." At least you blew it, man. Blew what? We had a bit I going. Get to see you. <laughs> It also, I was looking at my browser at just something funny, and I didn't know that when the Zoom turned on, it would pop in front of my browser. Like, you're just suddenly, it's like diving off a high dive or something. Yeah. You're just suddenly in the meeting. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I started roasting people and, you know, yeah, on them, just yeah they're so crying good. now, but like, it, I, you know, we warned them and I, yeah. I feel like it was good, good for everyone. How's, um, how's North CAC? I've moved. I'm in Brooklyn now. Oh, shit. So what? Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Yeah. New Yorkers in the building now. Okay. Yeah. How long have you been in New York now? I'm surprised you couldn't tell from my very Brooklyn aspect I had. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been here like seven months or so. Okay, and, cool, uh, cool. Yeah. We went and saw cherry blossoms in the Botanic Garden this weekend. Ooh, That's how it's going. That's okay. good. Okay. Nice. So y'all yeah. living on the fucking edge, it sounds like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Red line. I've got blossoms. He uh, is an accent that people have here. <laughs> got blossoms over here. Is that, yeah. Oh, shit. is that is that how you like? There was just a Brooklyn guy there with cherry blossoms who was waving yeah. you over. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> or is a guy who manages a group of blossom impersonators. Mm-hmm. All right. Also, anyway. also a blossom thing. So everybody yeah. got those <laughs> denim bucket hats with the front flipped up like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blossoms. Yeah. What do you want? Kind of timeless. Her style was kind of timeless. The it's coming really back. Baggy. Yeah. I, I feel like it's always like on the verge of coming back. And no matter when you watch it, even if it's at a point where it's not back, it's she still pulls it off. So oh, yeah. And I guarantee you. You go to like a semi hip party in LA or New York, there will be one person dressed like Blossom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just yeah, that's yeah. just part of the texture of a, of a, like one of these parties. It's like, oh, and there's that party. Okay, y'all lean into the '90s thing, but doing it authentically. We see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> All the parties I go to. Yep, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was come just at a party um, the other Wednesday, and yeah. The, that's oh. people dress. I noticed how people dressed, and it was like that. Jack, these parties I go to, they got everything. Blossom impersonators. <laughs> six. Her best friend, six impersonators. Six impersonators? Yes, yeah, six impersonators. Six, six impersonators, okay? <laughs> this is this place has everything. Uh, and a guy who kind of looks like Stefan Urkel, also. He's a oh, I was saying you were doing a good Stefan impression there. <laughs> is it, isn't that the Bill Hader character? Yeah, I know. That's yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you see, you, you it all comes together. Down. You picked it up. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Alex, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, this happened two nights ago, but the leaked road decision. We're gonna just be processing that. We are recording this the day after it was leaked, and still processing it. I don't know, man. It's it, it feels like it's you know, as bad as angry. we thought. I'm pretty yeah. pissed off. And yeah. so we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about some mutual aid resources. And we'll ask the important question, do Oscar winners really live longer than losers? Not just losers, but people who don't win an Oscar. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Which basically, I think we can admit <laughs> that like, is that all of us who have not won an Oscar <laughs> are fucking losers. Just period, yeah. right? Yeah, I want a useless gold statue. 
That's, that's <laughs> the only... That doesn't mean anything anymore? Yeah. Like, we all have an empty space on a shelf that's that size. <laughs> yeah. And we just look at it sadly. You know? I have a question. <laughs> for, you know, for you guys, did you ever in your mind think, one day I might get an Oscar. I don't know. I might. I might be. I might fuck around and be involved with something that gets me an Oscar. <laughs> still, still leaving the door open, Miles. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. The... I think everyone needs to have that yeah. just in their in their heart. You know. Mm-hmm. I did. I did high school theater, and I feel <laughs> like that was just an immediate go to for adults talking to me. And it probably happens to everyone who ever does high school theater. It's like, oh, you got a part in one play one time. Next right. stop, the Oscars. And like, they don't, don't do that, adults. You don't do that. <laughs> like, no. That's not really how it works. The uh, next stop different. is probably 14 years of soul-crushing community black box theater. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that, that's what makes you stronger yeah. and ready for the big stage. <laughs> but yeah, the, I do, I feel... I don't know. I guess we'll talk about it, but I, I just feel like the the whole mentality around Oscars being like, well, that's the ultimate. That's the thing. You could either nah. win an Oscar or become president. Those are like the main things in America. It's probably <laughs> unhealthy, especially given. It's it's go to Harvard, get an Oscar or be the president. Yeah. I feel like those are the three yeah. things like no matter you hear some version of that. You could be or all three Obama. Oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? Has he won an Oscar? I feel like who gives a shit. <laughs> Sorry, I'm who like, gives a shit? I'm, I've moved. I'm I'm in a different. I'm in a different wavelength at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, trust in progress. I do like the idea of any American president trying to play a different character in a movie. It's just so distracting, right? Right. Like they're they're so burned into your head. They can't do right. it. Could no matter how a reverse Reagan where somebody like wins yeah. the presidency and then is like, I actually am uh, launching a acting career You're like, Wait, what? where I'll be in B movies opposite a chimp. Well, then you want to be one of the most powerful people on the planet to launch a fucking to leverage a Paramount Plus streaming show. Yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if if you offered that to Trump right now, I bet he would take it like if. You were just like, actually, we think you might be one of our great actors and entertainers. Oh, uh, yeah. You don't Swap have to out. put up with this presidency shit anymore. Yeah. You don't have to pretend to like the people that voted for you. Yeah. I think he would <laughs> he would be in. Swap him out in that fucking Stallone thing about the, you know, the the mobster who's got to rebuild an empire. Be like, this is perfect for you, man. Yeah, this is one of these really yeah. cool productions. We have these new cameras that are actually built into a lot of people's glasses and eyeballs so that na- acting can be really natural. So don't please don't, you know, be uh, dissuaded by the lack of production infrastructure. This is a TV show. Now go say your lines in this dark room. I think it's a pretty interesting yeah. outside of the box solution to the fact that he could probably has over 50 percent chance of being the next president again is just launch a movie career and put him in movies that are all like scheduled to come out that year. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, I just have a really busy promotion campaign. Yeah. <laughs> and then he doesn't Maybe, run. Yeah. And then we all just don't go see his movies. And yeah. Hollywood has done something good for once. Perfect. All right. Perfect. I, yeah. No need to talk about anything everything. else. Then. Do we need yeah. to do the news today? I think we're good. Everything okay. intersects with that idea. So yeah. we don't need to talk about anything. If we <laughs> do that, you. then everything else is solved. Okay. <laughs> all right. Before we get to any of that shit, Alex. We do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? 
So I, and I cheated a little bit because my first several are all related to this Supreme Court case and, and abortion and everything else. But like the first one before that is the name Felicet. Because I was le- learning about this to make my podcast, but it's the only cat that has ever been sent to space. Oh. It was sent by the French space program in 1963. They sent a cat into space for like 15 minutes and her name was Felicet. France oh. is true to the brand. They are like, uh, what can we do? What can we do with this? When did they send her? 1963, yeah. And it was, yeah. it was when, like, it was right after the Russians sent a dog and the U.S. was sending primates. And so we were still figuring out, like, how mammals react to space. And right. so mm-hmm. the French sent rats and then they sent a cat. Mm. <laughs> rats, then cats. Okay. And yeah. did, the, did the cat, did we find out how, how it did? Did it come back? Was it a celebrity? It's it's good and bad. It's the cat came back successfully and then they did like surgery on the cat to study it and the cat died of the surgery. Oh, Mm. my God. Sorry. Sorry. That's a bummer. But it's fun that like a cute tuxedo cat went to space. Hey, early history is all about just being like, I don't know, open it up and see what's inside. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. I guess that's the information you had back then. So you. This is part of adding to that data set. They kept ashing right. inside the cat because the surgeons were smoking the whole time, presumably. And <laughs> that, that didn't help with the scientific process. Yeah, it died yeah. of an infection caused by stray beret felt that fell into the <laughs> operating wound. <laughs> right. A team of surgeons and one accordion player worked round the clock to try <laughs> yeah. to save it. Round the clock. <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? I... It's I, I know this has come up, but the idea that COVID is over is overrated. I got it, I got it a little over a month ago and it was not fun. And a lot, a lot of times I would tell people close to me like, hey, I have COVID. And they would be like, me too. Like, it's just going on. <laughs> me too, but there. we don't say shit. It's yeah. over. <laughs> so so don't just everybody be careful. I know that's like dark news, but be careful. You know? No, it's not. I think it's I think it's important that people don't can acknowledge that there it very much still is the possibility of getting infected with covid that that has not changed at all it's our, the only thing is like these sort of politician and like media informed attitudes that we're seeing that's like yeah man look now that everything's over you're like for fucking who like uh her majesty had it a couple weeks ago i know so many people yeah. too that i'm like i'm I'm not like my anecdotal data sets of knowing if infections are up or down or not changing. So I think that's for sure. It's pretty spot on. Yeah, but it's not on the news anymore. It's not. Yeah, it's just on social media. We find out from people. I think because to really. (laughs) This is the thing to talk about it. You have to acknowledge the humanity of the pandemic. And if you do that, then you're inevitably going to start talking about inequality again and Mm -hmm. wages and Who's able yeah. to whether not working or th- lockdowns happening or who works in a place where the fucking rules are so lax that it's just a, you know, an infection vector from hell. They And they don't want to do that because look what happened. Like it, it we, we got the thing where people were leaving jobs like, oh, the wages are going up and that's why we got inflation. We're like, no, asshole. We're getting your <laughs> greedy, greedy faced version of what you think is going on. Mm hmm. Yeah, doesn't it? The, the fact yeah. that the corporations that drove a lot of the inflation had record profits, the, nothing, no, nothing to see there. 
just no. it, it was natural, invisible hand shit. And don't pay attention to the invisible hand because it's invisible. You can't see it. And it works perfectly every time. So just trust it. Yeah. And I mean, think of how much we've we've by again, when you don't have a pandemic now, nobody's a hero. Right. That's the other thing, too. You don't have to acknowledge anyone's sacrifice if there's not a pandemic. So it's very convenient to completely just take all that shit out of the discourse because that's not what we're talking about anymore. We're talking about that it's over. And if people get it, yeah. it's like, well, you know, you should wear a mask or whatever. Everyone's going to get it. Like, who cares? And like, yeah, maybe we're still learning about long COVID. I don't know. But also, we don't have money for the pandemic response. Like, all of it looks not great still. And as I mentioned yesterday, I do bribe the doctors when I take a COVID test yeah. to just make sure that it comes back negative. So I still haven't <laughs> had it. But I, yeah. you know, like that's... That's just what, it's just my strategy. Yeah, I remember that, yeah, when you showed, you're like, yeah, I just got my COVID test. And I was like, what is this? It says negative plus. <laughs> I, was like, well, I was like, yeah, that's how negative I was. It's a negative so, new streaming service. Never it's even pretty good, actually. <laughs> never seen some shit like this. I'm like, Jack, I don't know how this helps. It means I'm extra negative. All right. <laughs> What is something you think is underrated? Yeah, this this one is just cool. Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson is doing great. Mm. Yeah. He, he turned 89 last week and he put out a new album on his birthday and it's great. It's called A Beautiful Life. It's very good. Uh, and he's just generally always been on the right side of most things, as far as I know. He's great. Yeah. Really into it. He is one of the, like, musicians that my parents listen to all the time that still holds up for me and there you know there's a lot that probably the fact that my parents listen to them all the time make me associate with like being nerds like billy joel maybe that's not fair <laughs> and you know anita baker at the time i was oh, did not shit. give a fair shake <laughs> okay. because i was just like come on this is so slow put on axel rose he will be yeah. cool forever and <laughs> That wasn't the case. But Willie Nelson, I always liked his voice even back then. And mm -hmm. he stays he stays cool. What a what a voice. Guy stays cool, huh? Yeah. Mm. And he smoked well, I, a joint in the White House. He did, yeah, with Jimmy Carter's son. It was great. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. I and I, I miss country music completely when I was a kid. Like I've only started getting into it in the last couple of years. So I have no associations with it really. I, right. I'm just like fresh and it feels great. He's very cool. He has like the way he sings, he'll do interesting phrasing, kind of like Sinatra, if that helps people on board. Okay. I don't know. He's great. Yeah, yeah. Really good. I used to, as a kid, I used to think him and George Carlin were the same person. Oh, that's like, when I was really yeah. young. George Carlin? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, these are white guys with long hair. Yeah. And like white and beards. Hair. Right. And like, yeah. And I yeah. was just, again, this was me not even hearing a single, like my visual thing was like, oh, he's wearing a headband today. Oh, he's not. Right. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm as you. I got older, I'm like, they are not the same person at fucking all. But I remember that very early on, I was confused when I saw the two of them. Yeah, they have kind of the same head shape, like kind of a square head to me. Yeah, and then just, kind I, of the same facial hair. And I think it's just a little bit of gleaming long hair in the back. That yeah. was enough to say as a four year old, be like, and that is the same person. And I know everything about popular culture. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Willie Nelson's hair, I always associate with like being in the uh, pigtail braids. And yeah, yeah. The for fact sure. that he was able to pull that off and still just be a complete icon is is pretty cool. Eighty nine though. I'm, yeah, I'm he got Texas that. on board with that. 
the state of Texas. Think about it. <laughs> you know? Well, they don't yeah. change fast, but they did for him. Yeah. They're like, I guess we're doing this now. Yeah. <laughs> like with, yeah, it reminds me of like, um, this is a very specific reference, but Jock Peterson on the Braves was wearing like pearls like oh, yeah. when he plays baseball. And I was like, look at all these Braves fans of men coming out with their pearls on. I'm like, okay, the power of sports. There you go. It's okay because he does it. Yeah. <laughs> him straight. Him hit home run. I'm now wear pearl. Also, man. <laughs> he should he should push it like this year when he's in the postseason. He should just like have more accessories. Just keep accessorizing until Building. the breaking point. Right. <laughs> So like every man in Georgia is weighed down by an insurmountable amount of jewelry. Like, can't move. I've been thinking a lot about the Carter White House. I think we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's episode, which I have mostly blacked out. But the um, (laughs) (laughs) we can't go back. We can't go back. (laughs) The like the fact that the New York Times is addressing you know, centrist Democrat in power as being like, wow, there's just a mood issue that nobody can quite pinpoint. And the fact that that was followed by like just 12 years of like hardcore Republicanism in the mainstream worries me Mm -hmm. a little bit that we're like back, back at that point where they're like, I don't know, we're, we're out of answers here, folks. I guess we turn it over to them. Hot potato. There you go. Fuck that up. Here, take it. <laughs> and and I feel like that whole thing is sort of like the the response to inflation going up or something else. Like people are like, oh, I guess this is just how people feel. And I don't know. Look at the context, man. Like right. he's, he's exclusively been president during a global pandemic. Like that'll impact people's mood a little. Right. That's not right. his fault necessarily. Yeah. Right. And I think the Crazy. other part is just sort of like... What could it be? Do we we point at the little breadcrumbs that fell out of his jacket pocket that were legislative <laughs> wins and hope that's enough? Or do we dangle a bunch of existential threats in front of them to get them to fucking vote? And it looks like the latter right now. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah. I guess we'll, we'll be talking about that in a moment. <laughs> yeah. So let's take a break. Gird yourselves and we'll be right back. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. (laughs) And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, 
in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. And we're back. And on Monday night, two nights ago, Politico published a leaked Roe decision that suggests that the Supreme Court is about to overturn Roe v. Wade. And the opinion really lays the foundation for like a white Christian theocracy where like abortion, contraception, consensual sex acts are all able to be policed at a national level and like banned at a national level. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of, it, it's as bad as we thought, I think is kind of, and, and it's infuriating that we're at this place and people are losing the right to have autonomy over their own, own body. Yeah. I mean, reading like just, parts of that opinion from Alito, like he's referencing this guy, Sir Matthew Hale, that a lot of people have pointed out is a English jurist from the 17th century whose fucking musings 
like laid the foundation for people to normalize things like marital rape. And like he was regularly being like, oh, these people, these women are witches and need to be burned. He's taking that guy's ideology and sort of using that to underline or bolster his, you know, his argument in terms of overturning Roe. And yeah, it's true. It All of this, it's not just abortion that's at stake. This is this, like there are many things they've articulated that they want to go after. And of course, this all goes hand in hand with your privacy, because now, again, the government will be if, you know, if, if, if at the momentum it's going, if we're cutting off contraception, they're knowing when you're having sex and how you're having sex with who you're having sex. That's now part of what the government needs to look out for and respond to. And it's it's so fucking frightening to look at things we thought were rights and in the, you know, in the middle of the night, a political leak. And then are saying, oh, hey, we're in the dark ages again. Right. The. Yeah. I'm, and like my head spins in so many ways because I'm like, oh, what's the resp- like, I think that's the thing that I'm like really bracing myself for is like, what is the terrible, completely unaware can't read the room response going to be from Democrats, like in terms of what they think, how they either they're either going to leverage this as a way to motivate people to vote without actually looking at the 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 violence that is in front of people and say, like, this is why you got to vote. We're already hearing that. This is why you got to vote. I think that was Biden's right. first statement. Was, yeah, this is this is on the voters to elect more pro-choice. Then what the fuck do y'all do? Right. Right. What do y'all do if this if the if if the fucking reproductive rights are stripped away and you say, yeah, y'all got to do something about that. Then what the why do we need you? Then this goes back to the fact that this the government is completely incapable of protecting people. Right. Absolutely incapable and unwilling. That's how this system is built. It's not built to protect anybody except for the wealthiest people. And so I don't know how many times. We have to go through this example of like, oh, yeah, man, you got the right to vote. Nah, I don't know. Fuck it. Maybe you don't. Hey, man, we need to do something about, uh, you know, police violence. Nah, maybe not. Oh, we right. got to do something about all this, these transphobic bills. Nah, I don't know, man. Figure it out on your own. So we're left in a position like your house is on fire. You call the fucking firefighters. And then when they show up, they're like, yeah, man, we got some shit in the truck. You can handle that, man. Because right. that's not what we do. Huh? Yeah. That's the feeling I think a lot of people have right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I see them say stuff like, be sure to vote. And I'm like, okay, like what is, do you, do you have a job you do? Cause like, if this is my job, can you edit my podcast and pick up my groceries and like right. sweep and like the things I have to do here? Like, please. Cause I'll go <laughs> lean on Joe Manchin for you if you need that. Right. Cause I don't oh, know what the good. fuck y'all are doing. You'd be like, Hey Joe, no, you're not feeling it. All right. Okay. I'll see you later. Like, where's the leadership? Yeah. Where? That's where it, you hear all like with all these other presidents, you hear about these monumental moments and all the fucking shit that had to happen behind the scenes to like get some semblance of civil rights or whatever. I feel like none of that shit is happening. The fact that Biden felt comfortable coming out and saying we need to vote like and elect officials like it is so like I, I can't believe that that is not a point that people are making more to the point that he feels like ashamed to say some shit like that because the really insidious thing is that this is their model is having the Republicans do shit that like threatens our ability to live in a free society. And then you scare people into voting because 
if their model was to actually look out for the people as opposed to, you know, the corporate interests that kind of get them elected, they would be doing more proactive things. But it's like it makes sense from a purely like cynical and power dynamics perspective for them to sit back, let them do some shit that like is fundamentally like turning America into an authoritarian like society and then just be the only alternative like that. That seems to be their model at this point is like being the other guy yeah. while the country yo-yos back and forth between a straight up authoritarian hate group that comes to power over half the time and then the ineffectual Democrats who can, whose continued existence is based on like selling itself as the other guys without doing anything. Yeah. It's just like we have two, the psychotically bad alternative and the bad alternative. And like that's the bad alternative obviously benefits from that. And like, how are we in a position where they feel like what he said in his statement is basically, yeah, so you better vote. <laughs> like, so our system is working. That's why you got to vote. Yeah. Our system, huh? our plan is working. This is our strategy to scare you into voting for us even though we don't do shit we just don't put your safety and freedom at risk yeah and the and and also that politico stuff like they have the whole first draft or whatever draft it is of what alito wrote in you know wherever he writes these things and there was really shocking stuff in it if you look at it like mm -hmm. he, i hope democrats really go after everything in it like at one point he compare he uses language that compares the roe decision to plessy versus ferguson that yeah. upheld segregation and he compares it to korematsu that upheld interning japanese americans in world war ii like like there's no they went all the way there's mm -hmm. no like thing to wait for that they're gonna do next that's awful other than tearing down more things like Democrats can go ahead; they have the green light to fight. Like, go for it. But they're, I, they're and they're not. You know, that's the fucked up part because we've seen yes. every, we've seen them get. We've seen. I mean, this is the thing. I, I'm wondering when a, a plurality of American people actually understand that these people are not going to do shit. They're going right. to fucking. You're going to get a fucking text in like six hours with Nancy Pelosi's face on it, being like, "I need 14 bucks. Where the fuck you at?" Abortion right. rights are at risk. Man, fuck you. Come out your fucking pockets and do something. You're not doing shit. All you do is posture, and then you keep presenting this party merely as a pause button on fascism. You're not, you're not rewinding <laughs> shit. You're not taking us forward. You just hit pause. That's all you fucking do. Republicans, they're like, fascism, fascism, let's fucking go. Autocracy, we on this. Then the Democrats come in like, don't you want to hit pause on this? We're right. here. And we're here to hit pause on it. Don't expect us to right the wrongs or any fucking anything to do with that. Because at the end of the day, they're still they're a branch off the same fucking tree as Republicans. They just grow on the left side of the fucking tree. And that tree drinks water directly from corporations and moneyed interests who are the people that these these politicians are beholden to. They're not beholden to the voters. Yeah. If they were when we're, we're out there in the streets being like, man, fuck this, they would be like, oh, shit. These, these people, these people vote me in or out rather than no, there's actually these very wealthy people who vote me in or out based on the number of fucking ad, media ad buys they do. 
the fucking oppo research they might do on me or maybe on a, someone who's trying to primary me or someone who's an opponent there's so many other dynamics there that it's these people don't go into fucking service thinking how am i going to help my constituents now there are people who are you know a little bit more have their shit together but that's they're in such a minority that we're yeah. all we're only going to see these people capitulate over and over to the like not the people and i don't know how many times we have to keep saying that to say if it's not them, then who is it going to be? Right. Because I think it's I think it's us. Because it's damn sure not them that's helping us out. Right. Yeah. I mean, and Jacobin, the article about this, they were like, even if a massive popular uprising on this issue allows Democrats to hold on to the Senate unless they abolish the filibuster rule, a law protecting abortion access has no chance. What can they promise us tomorrow that they can't deliver today? Like, right. What, that's what can they. Yeah. What are they dangling? They're in power. Like, well, yeah. we're we're going to, you know, so, somehow Mansion's going to be cool and there's going to be like 10, 10 more votes. Like, it's it's not yeah. a feasible solution at this point. And with these, like, mainly mainstream Democrats, because they're people like Justice Democrats and other ones who are doing well, but with the mainstream, mainstream Democrats mainly saying, hey, make sure to vote. Like we Obama ran on codifying Roe as law and we elected him twice. And Biden in the primaries said he would codify Roe as law and we elected him by seven million votes. Like right. they're pointing to mm -hmm. the one thing that is kind of going OK, like the voting that humans are doing against that being repressed. And in spite of other things is like one of the few parts that we're doing a good job of. Like it's it's very weird to be like, that's the solution when it's all the other structural things that need fixing. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I, I've, and I think a lot of people who begrudgingly vote for Democrats really are trying to, we're at a crossroads, like, we can't keep getting played like this because right. people die yeah, right, all the time because of them with their fucking duplicity. And this is a, it, it's, it, I'm not sure what it's going to take, but it's hard to believe that the Democrats could deliver a thing. I know they all got together outside the, the steps of the Capitol and they're like, oh, you, this is Chuck Schumer's like, you, you awoken the giant. The fuck have been doing with what? Because what Kristen, Kristen Sinema already said she's, she wants to respect the filibuster. Right. So there, there that goes. <laughs> so now what? And stop dangling bullshit in front of people because this is, I think this is the really, I, I, it's like every, crisis we have shit gets realer for different segments of america and this is a very broad one now some people will know what fucking time it is other people can continue yeah. to live live in their comfort because let's be real this is really going to affect poor poor people uh right. especially poor women of right. color and if this was anything about being pro-life or whatever you'd actually talk about the mortality of people giving birth right and how you sh what happens there that people are more likely to die uh, in childbirth than someone who's getting an abortion. Like if you're just putting it side by side and other demographic uh, factors, why aren't, but again, because that's not what this is about. It's just all about creating the most amount of cruelty to bring in this fucking eth Christian ethno state that they, they love. And we're, we're meant to be like, okay, well, what do we do? And I, part of me is looking at, it, I'm like, you know, we're already living in a country where the conservatives control everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the, what's the fucking difference? Right. Honestly, the, the speaker's different and then right. you're not doing shit just so you can go to the Senate and fucking die and not we're not passing anything. They really have a problem here 
that they have to be able to articulate to say, this is how it's going to be different. But I don't think they can because this is all structurally just part of how politics work in the United States. Uh, there's there, there has to be so much substantive change, like especially around money and politics before you can even begin to have some kind of philosophical shift on how policy is made that it's I, for me. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather not put all my energy into being angry at these fucking clowns who do the same shit every time. And I'm like, what the fuck? The clowns clowned it up again. And I'd rather put my energy in and be like, you know what? How the fuck do we figure this out for each other? Because I'm tired of leaning on them. I'm, I'm much more interested in how com as communities we can look out for each other, because at least those people, I feel more beholden to my neighbor or someone in my community than some abstraction in a suit talking to me with a D next to their name in parentheses on a TV screen. Yeah. Right. On. The sentiment that like people I, I've heard people, you know, obviously this is like truly horrifying and I, I don't begrudge anyone being outraged and surprised by this. But like the the idea that like the the idea that a bunch of old religious extremists can like take away the rights of a majority of people to bodily autonomy like we live in a society with six times the imprisonment rate of black people than prohibition era south africa like we are living in an unjust society that abuses the rights and bodies and destroys the lives of the poor in order to conserve like very weird, very white supremacist, very like religious extremist values. Like this is not new. And like that's that is what we that is our society. And so like we I don't know. I I feel like that that is not that can't that can't be surprising to us anymore. Like this is a yeah. police state that governs at the whims of a very few very wealthy people, basically. Yeah, and especially with the Supreme Court as a institution, it needs to either be like fully reformed or abolished or something else. Like we we kind of have nine popes or kings or something that right. can just redo the whole government and the whole legal system anytime they want to. And like if in particular if people want history on it, there's a great book by Ian Milheiser. It's called Injustices. And the the basic argument is that the Supreme Court has only done anything for people for like 25 years, the the Warren courts and the Burger courts in the 60s and 70s, which and one of the things they did was the Roe decision. But other than that, it's mostly made life worse for humans in the country and better mm -hmm. for corporations and government power. That's pretty much all it's done across its whole history. And then like. There's a blip where they did Brown versus Board and they did Roe and they did the things we're excited about. But that's a real outlier historically. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we we don't need a, a separate governmental wing to do things for corporations. They they already got all the power. <laughs> I think we're I think we're covered there. It's like Marvel movies. Enough, you know? Plenty. <laughs> We've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I just feel like more you know, we have to be real about what Congress and a president can deliver when their interests have nothing to do with what normal working people, non-wealthy people, like yeah. when it's completely disconnected from that reality. Because they, what we're, like what we experience is like, 
bucket, like as if Congress is trying to do remote surgery, like on the planet from three planets away, like on one person, like that's how many layers removed they are from the thing they're working on. Yeah. And it's yeah. Only, it, it shows more and more and the absurdity of it only becomes clear and clear. And I think and I I get why people feel so angst ridden, why the vibes are bad. <laughs> because we're in a situation <laughs> where we're like, hold the fuck up. Like, I thought the, what this does, this isn't doing shit at all. Right. And we're, and I think we're just not at a point where more like it's normal to articulate. This is fucking broken. And it, and yeah. it's not, we're, as it is, it's not going to work without a dramatic shift. And because it requires such a dramatic shift, the powers that be are not able to articulate that. They're too entrenched in it to be able to say, we're the fucking problem. So it's really incumbent, again, on us to figure out what the fuck we need to do as communities, as people, collectively, to be able to ensure the kinds of safeties and outcomes that we believe we are, we are owed as people. And I'm, like, there is a lot that the federal government can do, but on a certain level, we have to begin to find a way where we can say, look, no matter what's happening there, like we can find a way to make this work for each other. And I'm much more interested in those kinds of solutions than me being like, you know, let's go to Steve Karnacki at the fucking electoral map and see where the vote counts come in. <laughs> right. That's all spectacle. <laughs> yeah. And it's and and every time we get all caught up in that shit, people are losing their lives to the police, to bigoted, homophobic people, to having to find some other alternative to reproductive care. And right. Yeah, it's it, it's it's just it's demoralizing, you know, to, to say, like, this is the country that we live in. It's demoralizing by de by design, I think. Yeah, like that. for sure. Yeah. So speaking of yeah. like alternatives, some producers, Becca and Trisha put together a list of various, you know, mutual aid organizations that we're going to put in the footnotes. There's also a point I'm seeing made a lot of places that's also in their research is just the um in medical improvements of basically medication abortions by mail for people who aren't able to travel or take off work. You know, home abortions are now very safe and also save people who need abortions from going to a clinic facing protesters. So there are organizations like Plan C, Hey Jane, Abortion on Demand that can offer more information about that. And we'll link off to that as well. Yeah. And then there's a list of funds in each of the 26 states that are most likely to enact a ban on abortion. There's mutual aid funds in states where access to abortion is most at risk. And then figure out where there are protests near you. There's one being organized at the Supreme Court. There's also Foley Square in Manhattan, the Texas Capitol, U.S. Courthouse in L.A., and many other towns and cities. So look up what's happening near you. And in addition to being able to, like, show up and show your support physically, you know, you might meet people who are also trying to figure out what the fuck we do from here. Mm -hmm. But we'll, we'll have more of that in the footnotes and yeah. also in trending episodes. But, yeah, I think public outcry is the one, the one thing we have right now. This is a draft. I don't know. Maybe someone, yeah. one justice decides to do go the other way but i'm not counting i don't know i mean i'm i don't know i'm i'm very pessimistic at the moment just because i'm so fucking tired of the duplicity and nonsense that we're having to deal with when 
every single person is just trying to fucking live. But, you know, this, there, there, I don't know, this, I think this decision was probably like a month away from actually becoming public. So, yeah. I recently heard someone talk about how hope is underrated and an important thing. I think it can also be a dangerous thing if yeah. it's fueled by just being disconnected from the realities of what people are living through around you and what your day-to-day life is actually, you know, being funded at the expense of. If you're not in touch with reality, then hope is actually bullshit and very dangerous. So yeah. Yeah, when we're and when we're taping this, I, I think there's no information about how the, the draft got out or who leaked it. And there's a bunch of claims about it being one side or the other side trying to do something. But either yeah. way, like it just mainly seems designed to mess with all of us. Like yeah. it's trying to put some kind of German people's heads like if you do the right post or sign, you'll you'll change Amy Coney Barrett's heart. And like, no, that's not that's yeah. not part of your purview. Just like take care of yourself and and do what Miles was describing, especially with like, you know, finding people around you who are working on the right thing. Yeah. Right. Connect to other people who give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be amazed at what what can happen when you find a bunch of like people who have a you know a good spirit and want to look like want to do something good. Yeah. I think that's the yeah. most hopeful thing is to identify those people, be there for people, because this is a very difficult moment to be there for people and just, you know, sub- support each other in the moment. Cause yeah, this is, this is, this is a really grim moment. And to your point, like, I don't know who leaked it. I don't know if that's a, the DNC's type thing where they're like, oh man, they fuck it. They need to, this is going to help. They need to know about this, you know, type shit, right. which feels very cynical and i'm like i don't know the way they're talking about it feels like they knew this was going to happen like maybe this will fucking help out the poll numbers which is so fucked up or whatever and then on the which is really interesting i do want to touch on how the conservative media was touching on it they were so fucking enraged that it was leaked their rights so violated yeah yeah (laughs) right Who, who, who knew who knew because their little fascist gender reveal didn't happen the way they wanted it to because i'm sure they wanted that pins and needles moment with people on the steps of the capitol and then they ring the bell and everyone's like yay we fucking rolled back time right but on fox you have people like ari fleischer who was saying shit like this is I'm just going to I honestly I'm just going to play these words because this I think this is a little bit instructive into how Fox News and conservative media is also trying to get their viewers in line with what's happened. Because let's keep in mind, only 30 percent of Americans had said they wanted Roe overturned. Um, what really troubles me, not about the ruling itself, if that's the ruling itself, I, I accept and respect that ruling. <laughs> but the lead as a man. Make no mistake, Sean, this is an insurrection against the Supreme Court. I've already seen people on the left celebrating this leaker, calling him brave, trying to throw a Hail Mary to stop the ruling from being issued. Who at the Supreme Court will trust each other now if they know that their drafts are going to be leaked, just like everything else in Washington? Who think of, who gives couldn't stop himself from cracking a smile if that's the ruling. <laughs> I respect so it. fucking happy. And right. this is Mike Huckabee also going along with the same trope. 
One step further, this is an insurrection, not by some guy from some state who got uh, hot under the collar and went to D.C. and got overheated at a rally. This is insurrection (laughs) by a person who is paid for by the taxpayers Mm -hmm. and who has a duty under his uh, particular job and employment to keep his mouth shut. Okay, so, (laughs) you know, the outrage machine is fired up because if you no one's talking about the substance of the decision. Well, like, if that's their decision, like, I accept it. <laughs> well, right, because to go there, I don't think they they don't want their viewers to begin a thought experiment about what their own views are on abortion. Because they're like, look, right. you're you here, you're on the same team. Now, the the way to think about this is not all the reproductive rights that are being rolled back. And eventually people who just want to have you know or any form of birth control. It's about they did an insurrection. To the right. Supreme Court. And that shit's so fucking weak. I'm like, I was like, bro, this is funny. Y'all swinging at some bullshit over here. Yeah, but it's there. They they were just waiting for the right moment to do the mirroring thing they do where mm-hmm. they take the word that is being used to describe what they're actually doing and apply it to something that is actually like a, a good thing to just kind of make us, you know, it's the. Yeah, but the nuance is too much for the Fox viewer. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I know what they're no, doing, yeah, no. but like, it's it, not it good. Like, it's easy to just be like, "There's a friggin' invasion of immigrants," and then show people at the board. <laughs> it's but not. This is stupid. Like, that's someone that's... emailed a document to, it, that, and yeah. there's no law. Like, even if the you know uh, Chief Justice Roberts like, there's gonna be an investigation. They said unless there's real hacking or criminal activity, that they can't arrest anybody. But it's way worse that this person has a job and did bad job than somebody who got a little <laughs> hot under collar and yeah. tried to uh, overthrow the government with guns. Yeah, beat the shit out of a Capitol Police officer with a flagpole. I don't know. But that's like <laughs> the thing. I, I feel like sometimes uh, I am dismissive of Fox News and like Fox News viewers as, you know, that this is dumb. That Like they're doubling their mirroring like that shit is very effective like them just being like this now we say insurrection and like they are learning like they pull the shit from putin it it is how to lie on the internet and they are good at it and it's like there's not a counterpoint on the side of good and it they're just beating the shit out of the truth constantly on a day-to-day basis and they're very good at it and like i well, but, feel like yeah. the talking point of like look at these idiots is probably dangerous at this point because they're winning they're winning and they're they're very good yeah. at it. well i think because the reason they're winning is by its very nature our capitalistic society is built to just enrich the very few at the cost of the many yeah and because the Republicans endgame is actually more in line with that. That's why they're doing a better job is because they're not fighting the current of of capitalism. Mm. Like and the problem is Democrats pretend to so they don't get anything done. Right. And they're but even though they're, they're we're still playing in the same sandbox, though, where being a, a dickhead wins. Yeah. And we're again, I think it's just they're going to win if this is always going to be the venue for trying to legislate or adjudicate anything that is, you know, has a tangible effect on people's quality of life. It's just not going to work because the Democrats, what do they suddenly be like, you know what? We've become socialists. Right. Nope.
Yeah. That ain't happening. That's not happening. So, yeah. That, so how, I mean, that's why I'm like, I, I can't, there's no way I can expect them to do anything that's corrective. And I can't expect Republic, like Republicans will keep doing it because they're, they're operating a system that actually that's, it's built to do that. So yeah, that's why they're winning. Cause that's what it, the whole thing is. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a, that current analogy is so right on. Like this is a 50 year current that Republicans have been fomenting mm. and swimming with, especially specifically on abortion. Like they've been holding a March for life in Washington, DC every year. They've been like trying to make this happen and they like today. And then eventually when this draft becomes a thing, like they got everything they've wanted for 50 years and they're using a leaker to say, we are the victims today. Mm -hmm. right. We we have been oppressed by this devious person who we're just going to decide is on the left, even though there's absolutely no evidence of that. Yeah. Uh, like we we have been struck a cruel blow uh, along the lines of what's that word? Insurrection. Let's go with that. Right. They're saying, yeah, that. great. Cool. You ruined the <laughs> surprise. That's, oh, that's essentially <laughs> You blew it. <laughs> I took the ice cream cake out of the fridge. I can't put it back. It doesn't get right when you put it back. It doesn't work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, they have a good beard consultant, whoever's doing the beard work for them, because Mike Huckabee looks better with, with a beard. So that's another like advantage a, they have. He looks like a dude who would lie that he's a Jedi. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, I'm a Jedi. I'm like, bro, get the fuck away from me. He reached out to yeah. Cruz's uh, beard guy. and It's... Powerful stuff. Every, everybody tell Mike, may the fourth be with you. Throw one of those to him. That's yeah. that's today. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> may you may, may the you fourth be with you as well, brother. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture Culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. And we're back. And there was a recent study published by the University of Toronto claiming that Oscar winners are more likely to live longer than their unnominated co-stars. So, Oh, than their <laughs> unnominated. Okay, that's a little more specific. Unnominated and also. So yeah. it's, it's a little confusing wow. because there's also, there's also a version of the number set that includes people who are nominated but didn't win. And when you combine all of them together the Oscar winners outlive them by four years and Damn. presumably Meryl Streep will outlive my grandchildren. And then but, Glenn Close <laughs> should already be dead. Right. Exactly. She watched you lose like eight <laughs> fucking times. <laughs> so around five years longer than those who missed out, the study found no official reason for this, except that winners may quote, follow the ideals of a prudent lifestyle or maybe gain confidence that allows them to avoid some stress I this is some amateur fortune it's teller shit. Real yeah. amateur bullshit. I believe that there's no official reason, but my belief is that they follow some ideal of a prudent life and have uh, abilities to have less stress. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> a happy person. I so I have a yeah. theory. I think the real reason is in, is interesting and not okay. They might just be happier and happiness good, you know, and they probably avoid some stresses. So mm. I I feel like, you know, first of all, winning is not a product of merit or effort or skill. Because like one of the theories is also like that 
by having better like stress management techniques, they put themselves in a position to like also be an Oscar winner. No, but, motherfucker. What studio put the film out? Exactly. What's their market? What's so, their awards budget? That's the, what it is. The win is the result of an industry yeah. conspiring to work with you to wager money on your career and wager and then like an Oscar win is good for your career. And when you win, you become more profitable. Like once money is wagered on your career and you win, then you are more profitable to an entire like galaxy of very successful and shrewd people who are in the business of investing in people's careers. Like each celebrity is not a I like autonomous individual like the rest of us. They are the forward facing mascot of an entire small company worth of people working to try to make money off of their career. Right. And you can squeeze more money out of a company that has won the big game at award season, basically. Yeah. Hey, why is that one yeah. racehorse all healthy that keeps winning all the races? Well, because it keeps winning all the races and they put more money, invest more money in that racehorse. So it can keep winning. And that's yeah. why the shitty horses we don't talk about anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I also, this, this study is extra funny in the context of most Oscar campaigns in the press, which is how much strife the actor went through. Right. <laughs> like, no, the, the, it's just working out really good for them. Like, I don't care that Leonardo DiCaprio was like in the woods for a month or met a bear or something. That's the, he, he didn't really go through that much and he's going to be fine. It's OK. <laughs> right. Oh, well, I mean, now now I really have to think about what the what's the true cost of the Oscars if people are dying, if they're only if they're living four years less. Right. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, it's. That's the other thing is like it's oh, also terrible, you know, a a actors who were not nominated. So presumably, are they pulling from like all actors, like people who are in B movies as extras? Because then I fully believe the the number set, and like that's yeah. the least surprising thing in the world that the person who is like in the spotlight of the entire industry would have have a longer lifespan. It's, I just like petty <laughs> pseudoscience like this, you know, where it's like, dude, do you yeah. die sooner if you lost at the Oscars? It's like, that's not that's not a real investigation. But I like this idea. I like the concept. I like to ruminate on it. But so Dr. Don yeah. Redelmeyer is who okay. the study comes from. <laughs> you actually may know his work. He was the first to study the correlation between cell phone use and car crashes Back in oh, 1997, okay. when only stockbrokers and Alicia Silverstone characters had cell phones. <laughs> and he was the first to discover a huge increase in fatalities on Super Bowl Sunday, which actually informed like public safety policies and campaigns. So part of he, me doesn't yeah. think that one is as special. <laughs> what are you hey, talking man, about? I feel like people get fucked up on you. You might want to be careful out there every time people get fucked up on this day. But I, it's hard to, uh, uh, those are, I mean, the cell phone thing. Okay. So he's got, he's got a, got a little bit of a, a yeah. CV to lean on. Like, yeah, I'm starting to think this guy just likes entertainment. Like that. <laughs> I, I like entertainment. Am I a right. scientist now? Yeah. Sure. Right. Cool. All right. <laughs> Is it like, yeah. Like, and how, I wonder if like how many like were him experiencing it. Like he was on a cell phone and like almost crashed. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Right. Oh man, I can't be the only. But he has like just that wherewithal to be like, I can't be the only person who just almost did that. We probably need to look at that. Cut to 
you know what? Cell phones might be dangerous. Another time he got shit faced at a Super Bowl party, embarrassed himself, right. tried to go home <laughs> and crashed his car into like a fucking tree, like on a fucking, you know, like an abandoned road. And then came to that decision, too. I think these are like be living. These, these are carbon offsets for his like own life where he's just like constantly <laughs> like driving through parks and like taking out people and being like, huh. All right. Well, I got to educate people about this. <laughs> I'm a I'm a method researcher. Right. I try to embody the terrible thing that I think could happen. I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound like science <laughs> at all. I'm um, strengthening my theory yeah. that it's just because the whole industry wants Oscar winners to live longer so they can continue to make money off of them. While actors who won Oscars live longer, writers who won Oscars ended up dying sooner by about 3.6 years. And that that tracks because nobody gives a shit about writers in Hollywood yeah. at all. And writers are tortured, like so many tortured souls yeah. like that right. are like really great writers, too. That's yeah, I, I, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's also because the non winning screenplays, the writer was lazy. So they conserved a bunch of energy. <laughs> right. like they right. saved exactly. a bunch of health. You know, right. They got eight hours of sleep every night. It's great. Right. I just like, though, that his whole this theory even came that he said he watched the Oscars and he said the celebrities look, quote, much more vivacious at the award shows than the regular people. They so were does, on cocaine, man. He does what have, you I just I just want to talk to this guy. I'm like, yo, bro, let's come up with a study right now, man. I, I know, like the right? way you think. He's like, hold on. He's like, they're vivacious. Hold on. Hold on. Do you die sooner if you lose an Oscar? <laughs> Oh, my God. He's just a guy who hasn't learned that it's cool to be famous. Like, right. like how is all this joy reaching them? How is right. this happening? <laughs> <laughs> Look so happy. That's like a parent text that you said, like, you know, a celebrity's mom is like, hey, great job on the red carpet. You look so happy. You look so happy. It makes me happy. It feeds my heart. And that's all I wanted. You know, I told you that. I just want you to be happy, honey. Mm. So you brought that uh, what's her name with you? I wasn't doing anything, but uh, she looked happy too. So that's a little good too to happy. Do that yes, for mom. Her. mom, her name's Meryl. Meryl Streep. We have been over this yeah, I know, pretty often. I know. <laughs> you told me you liked the Iron Lady a lot too. Like you really <laughs> liked it. She is the mother of your grandchildren, mom. Jesus. <laughs> I guess. Still haven't seen a paternity test. all right alex as always truly a pleasure having you um where can people find you follow you all that good stuff no yeah thank you guys as always for having me and uh yeah i'm alex schmitty on twitter and alexschmitty.com and then i make a weekly podcast called secretly incredibly fascinating and each episode we take one thing people think is ordinary get into history science stories why it's amazing and i i do a bunch of research and then bring funny people on to make it fun with me so Please check it out if you search secretly in your podcast app. It's the red logo, secretly incredibly fascinating. There you and, go. And uh, really proud of it. I hope people, hope people like it. You oh, should yeah, be. It's a great, it's a great show. show. People should go check it out. Oh, thank you. And thanks for being on it, both of you. I oh, yeah. I learned so really much. Yeah. What did we talk about? Refrigeration? Yeah, we did refrigeration. Yeah. yeah. That's why, I, anyway, if you, that's what's great about your show is it starts on a topic like that. And even at the end, I'm like, man, I didn't know any of this shit that we were just talking about about refrigeration. Thank you so much. <laughs> and then suddenly just refrigeration facts start being sprinkled into daily zeitgeist over the next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you knew about like, this thing, yeah. but. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know how All right, I'll come clean. You know how I spent like a, a lot of time talking about uh, how the U.S. sewage system is a great metaphor <laughs> for the electoral <laughs> politics uh, about a year ago. Uh, I did a sewage system secretly incredibly fascinating. And it was very fascinating. Fatbergs. I was not ready for the fatbergs. Oh, the size oh of icebergs. God. God, that's gross. Yeah. I do. I love the idea of me being a puppet master some of the time. That's really fun <laughs> yeah. to me. Like just once in a while. Great. That's all I it's need. Always the one <laughs> uh, is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yeah, I saw this is from it's at Chris Trauma is the name. It's a funny account. Chris Trauma. The tweet was imagine getting fitted for a tux and the guy makes measurements with a fruit by the foot and neither <laughs> of you say a word about it the whole time. <laughs> love it yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm getting married later this year to have like my first taylor experiences and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah i want that to be what happened to me you're still right. shopping oh. around for taylors until you find one who's gonna right. do it for right foot. yeah one of them tried these gushers they're not really good as a unit of measurement uh, yeah <laughs> just uh, running yeah. Just that tried gooey. to combine a bunch of fruit yeah. roll-ups yeah <laughs> i just like the idea it's like uh-huh. And he's like, and obviously I'm a professional, so I do leave the paper on so it doesn't damage your current garments when I'm doing measurements <laughs> with my fruit by the food fruit by the foot tape. Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray. If you like 420 Day Fiance, then check that out. That's a, not a good way to promote that, but check out that other podcast I do called 420 Day Fiance about hmm. 90 Day Fiance. Also, the basketball show, as usual. Miles and Jack got mad boosties, uh, our NBA show. We're just great. We're in the middle of the playoffs. We're talking that talk, talking Giannis, maybe tune in. Yeah. I know a lot of Milwaukee mm -hmm. Bucks fans like, when's the Giannis love? It's coming. It's okay? coming. It is imminent. Yes. We have to take a breath <laughs> and then we talk about our, our beloved uh, basketball players. Some tweets that I like. First one is from uh, Sam Sanders at Sam Sanders tweeted. One thing I'll say about Politico, they don't hold vital reporting hostage until a book release. Mm hmm. Which, yeah, <laughs> for good or bad, that is true. And then Sesla uh, at Sessi Kiba, K-H-I-B-A, tweeted, not my mom telling me she talked. She still talked to my ex because I still talked to her ex. Ma'am, wow. that's my dad. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> wow. I hope that's I like based that in fact, because that is. <laughs> that's a, such a terribly unhealthy relationship with your mother. Like, oh. Yeah. My heart aches, if that is true. I'm like, oh, I'm... but hey, we love a joke. Oof. I feel like I just watched like a 10-part documentary and my brain is <laughs> catching up. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> um, Let's see. Tweets I've been enjoying. I liked just a, a lot of the tweets about, <laughs> about, about the experience of being on Twitter while the Met Gala was happening and the overturning of Roe was being announced. I like Jamie Loftus's tweet, what if we kissed while Elon Musk monetized our viral tweets about Roe being overturned? And yeah, I like, oh, the Logan Trent crack writer tweeted, y'all let them scapegoat Muslims with that Sharia law bullshit while they stockpiled as much Christian fascism as they could fill their carts with. I think it's also just good, good perspective. Um, you can find yeah. me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes 
and our footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song that we think you might enjoy miles what song do we think people might enjoy oh man this is a track from uh like a 70s 60s brazilian artist named vanderlea who was like a tv presenter but also like a musician and this track lindo is just it's fuck it's sexy you know what i mean it's it's like got this like old like 70s like sort of poppy soul vibe like on the brink of disco but it's just I just love the instrumentation on it and it's real instruments. I find myself like every now and then like I want to hear people play that on their instruments uh, and make music rather than sampling and stuff like that. So this is a great track. So this is Lindo by Wanderlea. All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robey, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.